What is up, pals? Uh, it is true crime Tuesday, but actually, it's Monday, because Jana's got her shit together this week. Um, I don't really have any updates or corrections. Uh, I do have four. If you listen to the Lily Lid Murder podcast, um, by n- the time you hear this, I probably should have it um, updated. Uh, so I published the episode, and then I realized that even I fell into some of the myths and, um, I want to say, just falsities of the case. Like, even though I tried to be as unbiased as possible and find as much research as I could, I did not. So I would like to include, um, I have a couple links that you can go to <clears throat> and see and, you know, read that too if you're really interested in the actual facts of the case. So that'll be on com under uh, the podcast question mark. That should be where you can find that. Hopefully by the time this goes live, I will have done it. And if not, then it's coming. Uh, so this crime... I'd really like to thank, uh, her name is Mia. She's amazing. She's from Croatia. She's like one of the coolest people I've ever met. So thank you, Mia, for suggesting this crime. I would have, I promise you, never heard of, thought of, or even known of this serial killer if you hadn't told me about him. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to say sorry in advance for how badly I butcher any of the names of people and places in this podcast. Uh, I actually had Mia recording how to say these and sending them to me over Instagram so I could practice them. But like, sometimes I can't even speak English all that great. So I won't be surprised if I mess up some Slovenian (laughs) words. It's gonna be bad. Me and the Google man had some great times. uh, Him saying them trying to, yeah. Google man is what I've just called him now. So, um, cool. So I wish I had more time to research this podcast episode, um, but I don't know if any amount of research would make any of this make sense. Um, There is a massive language barrier. Anything I could find in English was very brief and basically a summarized version of what actually happened. And it wasn't inclusive, but the only articles I could find that went into any kind of detail we're all in Slovenian, and, like, that Eastern European type, I don't speak that language, sorry, I can read French at best, and, like, that's about where my talents go, uh, so, you know, so there's gonna be some mis- well, there's a lot of biased information about there, there is, like, half an article I had to get rid of, because it was basically just talking smack on the country of Slovenia, and, like, him himself and some of the meanest things I've ever read about anybody. I mean, I know he was a serial killer. Yes, I get that. But like some of the meanest things I've ever heard anybody say about anybody ever. I was like, well, we're going to tone that down just a smidge. So, um, yeah. So there's not a whole lot of information to be found to begin with. And then every article except one was in Slovenian. Um, and so I had to Google translate a lot of the articles that I found and uh, I'm assuming a lot of these translations are not one-to-one. They kept calling this man, um, oh crap, it was everywhere, Method Trumpet? They kept calling him Method Trumpet. So in every article I saw the word trumpet and method and I would have to, in my brain, make it so it was his actual name. So that's fun. 
Um, so this week's serial killer is Metad Trobek. He is the monster of Gorenya Vasi, which that I, anytime I pronounce something that sounds right and I sound proud about it, believe me, I practice these for like way longer than I'd like to admit. So, um, he is the monster of Gorenya Vasi and he is the most prolific serial, serial killer to come from the former socialist federal republic of Yugoslavia, which now, well, we're, we're going to go into the history of it. There was lots of rabbit hole traps to fall down on this one, and I started to, and uh, I had to reel myself. This is one that you could get lost in. I find the country of Slovenia and, like, that whole section of area very interesting, I found out (laughs) to myself. And, it you know, it's so different from the United States and what I'm used to, and it's actually so interesting to learn about other countries. So, I've been having a really good time. Uh, so rabbit hole number one, there is a band and I have like the, how to say it. So it's called Trobesove Krušne Peše, which that's not pronounced or that's not, it does not look the way you assume it looks, but Trobekov or no, that's how it's, that's how it's spelled. Trobekov is what you'd think it says, but it's Trobesove Krušne Peše is how it's pronounced. It literally means Trobek's bread ovens. Um, so you'll see why it's called that later, but they are on Spotify. Mia told me about them. I actually listened to them, um, a decent amount while I was researching this. I don't know what genre of music to call it, but that's a thing if you'd like to listen to it. Trobesove Krushna Peche. Peche. Yes. Listen, they've got so many weird accents on C's and S's, and they change it, it changes everything. It's <laughs> like, Mia, what does this mean? How do you make that sound with your mouth? So that's fun. Um, so, Metad Throbeck was born on June 6th, 1948. He was an Ill- illegitimate child, um, so I'm assuming that means a bastard, slash born out of wedlock. He was from Yugoslavia. So, um, let's, I guess I didn't realize what Yugoslavia was or what it would become, so I, I fell easily into this rabbit hole because I also, like, I've said this before, I really, really like history, um, particularly, um, King Henry VIII, anything involving Napoleon and World War II are, like, my three top favorite things favorite rabbit holes to fall down. So obviously he was born in 1948. If you're thinking in the European times, it's right after World War II. And you know what? I couldn't help myself. Here we go. So he was born the same year as the Tito-Stalin split, which is also known as the Yugoslav-Soviet split, which was a conflict between the leaders of Yugoslavia, which his name is Josip Broz, aka Tito, and the Soviet Union, which was obviously Stalin. So all the communist European countries had been like, nope, we're on Stalin's team, we're going to be fine, and they rejected what was called the Marshall Plan aid in 1947. This all happened, like, right before our boy Metod Trobek was born. So, if you don't know what the Marshall Plan is, which I didn't know, it was an American initiative that started in 1948, so the year that um, Metod was born, it was to stop the spread of communism in, like, Western Europe after World War II. So Stalin was trying to take over these countries and make them communist countries, and America was trying to stop that, because America can't mind its own business. So um, Tito at first went along with, uh, yeah, yeah, Tito went along with um, 
Stalin and rejected the Marshall Plan. But then in 1948, Tito broke decisively with Stalin on other issues. And so Yugoslavia became an independent communist state. Uh, Yugoslavia requested American aid and they were, they eventually got aid from America um, who sent money in 1949 and then much more between 1950 and 1953, which was not considered a part of the Marshall Plan, but we still gave Yugoslavia money, which is cool, which is like a thank you for, I guess, not minding your own business and donating money to people who needed it. So in 1946, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia became uh, six different republics, so it became the Socialist Republic of Bosnia and Herzegovina, I'm sorry I butchered that. Um, Socialist Republic of Croatia, Social Republic of Macedonia, Social Republic of Montenegro, Social Republic of Serbia, and then the Socialist Republic of Slovenia. Um, Croatia and Slovenia did not declare independence until June 25th, 1991, which was exactly one month after I was born. That's fun. I also learned, this is the last part of the rabbit hole, sorry. It'll play into things later. There are five regions of Slovenia, which I had no idea. So there's the Littoral, uh, the Upper Carniola, Inner Carniola, Lower Carniola, Carinthia, Styria, and the last one I'm not even going to try to say because there's. I tried to Google Translate that and it said it like an American, and (laughs) that's not helpful. So he. Metod was born in a, he was in a town called Planina Nad Haryulum. Yeah, Planina Nad Haryulum, which literally translates to Planina above Haryul. Cool. So you might be wondering, what the hell is a Planina? And listen, fellows, pals, fals, I will tell you. Planina is used in other settlements in Slovenia, and it means alpine pasture. So that's fun. And on the Wikipedia page, which is very brief and very short-winded, Metad is the only notable person to have ever lived there. Um, and in 2002, the population of uh, Planina Nad Harulum was listed as 110. So, very small little baby town. And it's the pictures of it are beautiful. Because, of course, they are. Because they're in Slovenia and they're not in the United States where nothing's beautiful. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> America has beautiful places. It's just not my favorite country. Um, so, Metod Trobek had an, an notable childhood, and he didn't finish elementary school, which is something that I didn't really know, but somebody shouted it out in trial that was like, you didn't even finish elementary school. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a weird burn to bring up at a murder trial. But, hey. So, at 14, he supposedly burned his neighbor's hay, and then four years later, at 18, he stole a moped. So, that puts us at 1966. Believe me, there's not a whole lot here. This is where it starts to go down a weird path, though. So, he served time in the military, um, which I don't know how long he was there for, and then he worked for this railroad called Yugoslav Railways, and I have weird history on that that you don't need to know. And then he emigrated to Germany, and I wrote, Germany is on the other side of Austria. Which, you know this. So, this tour in the military, time with the railway, and moving to Germany and back took place from 1966 to 1974. And I only know that because by then he had returned to Slovenia, committed a bunch of crimes, and served 13 months in prison. And he had also married a woman 21 years his senior. And then I read some article that said he had, quote, 
violated the law with minor tattoos and tortured the neighbor's dog but denied it. I am assuming <laughs> that's that's an error. I don't think he I don't know what would be illegal about getting minor tattoos, but language barrier. So, um yeah, the first time, the first round of crimes Matad committed were theft, um, so that whole spiel of them, but once he was arrested, he was observed to have, quote, psychic instability, and then he was sent to a psychiatric hospital in Ljubljana, um, which is the capital and largest city of Slovenia. Uh, later, his mom would testify that several members of his family also had psychiatric issues. So, at the hi- psychiatric hospital, he was treated with um, ECT, which it has a fancier name now, but it's basically electric shock therapy. And after he got out, he was fired shortly from his release, shortly after his release, so I assume from the railway, because it didn't talk about any other job he had. And then he was also, quote, divorced due to alcoholism. So, cool. Um, so in trial, this I had this later, but I moved it up because I figured we'd forget what we talked about by then, which is easy to happen. So after he returned from medical treatment, quote, in 1974... Oh, sorry, I forgot to preface. This is his mom. His mom testified in trial that she couldn't believe he'd done anything, but her reasoning doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But so she said, after he returned from the medical treatment in 1974, I was afraid that my son would be as sick as some of the most immediate relatives. Half-brother died in a psychiatric hospital, and another half-brother had been seeing psychiatrists as well as a stepsister. I thought of a mental illness, sometimes a strange state of this of the sun took a whole month. He didn't dare drive in the car back then. I can't believe Matad could do what he's accused of. He was always so good to me. Like, okay, lady, but just because your son's good to you and doesn't mean he's not mentally ill and doesn't mean that he didn't kill people. Like, a lot of serial killers loved their mom and maybe just a little too much. So, you know, I'm gonna say... Yeah, I don't even... That doesn't make any sense. But, okay, continue. So, between 1976 and 1978, uh, Matad Trobek causes just absolute mayhem, which we'll get to, but apparently during that time, too, he was married and divorced a second time, as you do. So, um, he strangled a confirmed, at the end, six women and burned their bodies in his bread oven of his home in, and I'm gonna butcher this because I forgot to get the pronunciation of it, Dolenye Vas in Polhovem Graz. That's a city in Slovenia. So he killed, and this, this, is, this is what took the most time here. He killed Vida Markovic, who was 18, Mariana Sanka, who was 52, Uchka Brechka, who was 20, Anna Plavnik, Plavnik, who was 42, Zorko Nikolic, who was and 35. Yeah, okay, that's all five. And then, so after he was sentenced for the first five, the identity papers of Olga Pajic were also found in his house, and because of that, it's believed he killed her, too, because you wouldn't, he didn't have her, he just had her papers, so assuming she also was killed there, too. Um, so the women were murdered during sexual intercourse and then pushed into the bread furnace loaded with firewood and then gasoline was burned on them. Um... See, so we're already on to the crimes because there's not a whole lot about his life, and it's mostly just people being really mean to him at this point. <laughs> like, the article I read, I mean, we'll get there, but there, there's parts I left out, so I was like, that's just, I mean, I know, I know he killed people, I know, but some of these things were like, damn, 
like I am assuming it was not a Slovenian who wrote this article and it was someone who probably really didn't like Slovenia all that much because he was like oh he's a piece of crap like a typical Slovenian and I was like wow I'm not going to uh write that down because that seems like a little harsh don't you think like just a little harsh so, um, I don't know if that was, like, a translation issue or if, like, this person really didn't like that country or they really didn't like him or who he was, but I don't know. We'll get there. Um, so, like most serial killers, Metal Trobek was discovered accidentally. In addition to being a serial killer, he was also a prolific thief and robber. So, in 1979, he stole a suitcase from a German tourist, and then three days later, um, that tourist encountered Trobek again and confronted him. So, which is, like, just a bad idea. Trobek lured him into his car, apologizing and promising to return the suitcase. Why would you get in the car with someone who you think stole your things? There's no good reason for that. He can bring whatever it is out to you. You don't need to get into the car with him. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Listen, German tourists, you don't just get into strangers' cars. It's, it's, well, it is the 70s. That's how people get killed. We know this. So, um... After arriving to an isolated location, Trobek stopped the car, beat up the tourist, stole his money and clothing, and kicked him out of the car. How did you think that was going to go? You think this dude who you're accusing of stealing your suitcase is just going to drive you to his house and, like, give you your suitcase back? That's when you're like, hey, I know who you are. Let me not get caught. Whatever. What was so important in that suitcase that you risk your life for it? I don't know. So, the tourist was found at the side of the road, alive but in shock, by police patrol. And then, after a short investigation, Metod Throwback was tracked down and arrested, and his home was searched. So, the police found loads of stolen merchandise, as well as the items he had taken from his victims, which would include purses and IDs. All victims were reported missing at the time, but there was no evidence of murder. So he was found guilty of assault and robbery and sentenced to eight years in prison. And it was only then, like, when the police went through his house and found the forensics and, like, looked at his property and found the remains in the, the wood of him. Uh, yeah, he confessed to all five murders after that. Because, I mean, they really, really kind of got him on that one. He's like, oh, shoot, you found those bodies. Um, so the one article, the one that I keep referencing that was way too harsh, it's called, and this is the English title, uh, you'll have to translate it into Slovenian if you want to find it. It's called Metod, the Portrait of Slovenian Mediocrity. Why could Slovene be able to see himself as great as serial killer? Basically a thing of like, he just thought he was the greatest and then he really turned out not to be, which of course they don't. So, um, I couldn't figure out who wrote this article or where they came from. I, it had a lot of helpful information, but it was buried in a lot of weird gripes about the country and where he came from. So I just kind of skipped, skipped all that. Um, so they said Metod, he had a misanthropic mentality, which is, um, the disliking of humankind and avoiding human society. And that he had the, quote, typical Slavine ideation of proletarianization of the countryside. So I had to look up what that meant because I didn't know. Proletarianization is a social process where people go from being in their own employer for, slash like working for themselves to being employed as a wage laborer by an employer. So in the proletarian, yep, proletarianization goodness see this is why I couldn't I can't do foreign ones because I can't even say our own it's an English word it's like a real word 
in the proletarianization mentality, thank you, got it, um, this is the biggest way people go downward in social mobility, so the movement between social strata, it's the idea that people working on the countryside work for themselves and therefore are higher in the social cues than, say, someone in the city working for someone else. So it's a Marxist idea, and that started well before um, Metod's time. So they're saying that he believed that he was better than people because he was doing his own thing, I guess, is what I got from this article. And then there's a whole bunch of words like Slovenian failed modernization, Slovenian patriarchal fantasies, Slovenian mediocrity, and mother complex. So they're basically just saying that he was like the worst ever and was perpetually everything that was wrong with a country like Slovenia. Those are these article words, not mine. I have no beef <laughs> with the country of Slovenia. Um, so what I can understand happened, which this article was published right well, we'll get there. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the ending for you guys. Um, so it's published at a time. Um, it seems like Trobeck's defense tried to pull the not guilty by reason of insanity. Is at least the vibe that I got. They don't ever say those words, but it's kind of the vibe. Um, so it seems like his defense attorney tried to avoid the death penalty at the very least. So he was a mental patient and more or less his soul was person, his soul and personality were destroyed by the electroshock therapy that he had received. And they claimed that he had electroshock without any prior diagnosis. Um, the defense was that he killed during epileptic seizure, seizures and had no understanding of the significance of his actions, i.e. he didn't know what he was doing was bad until after it had been completed. So, like, a blacking out theory. Like, you scrambled his brains with electricity, and now he just is a random, like, murdering machine. So, funny enough, though, um, the Ljubljana uh, Psychiatric Hospital and Republic of Slovenia and Croatia sued Trobek for even trying to blame them for his actions, so he actually got sued for using that as his defense which I think is quite funny. Um, although psychiatric experts agreed that Trobek was what they called, quote, separated, um, that he had schizophrenia, psychopathy, he was disturbed, a social, antisocial, devious, emotionally egocentric, and had an aggressive personality, and was dissociative. Um, they saw what they called, quote, moral madness and described it as one of the most or one of the forms of psychopathic state that manifested in the absence of feeling honor, repentance, and conscious in general. So they stressed it was a moral condition that he had no brain disease, no narrowing of the consciousness during the killings that he knew exactly what he was doing and that the consequences like what they would be of what he was doing. So he basically tried to blame that he got his brain scrambled and they were like, nah, that's not how any of this works. So, in November 1980, um, it was, I don't know how to say the name of this town, in a crowded court hall in Kran, it's K-R-A-N-J, and I know the J does a different thing, but Kran, I'm gonna go with, um, the president of the Grand Chamber gave the sentencing saying that the death penalty is not a sign of vengeance, but proof that our society is prepared to reach even after the strictest pe pre penalty if necessary to protect its people. So after talking with Mia, apparently uh, they don't have a life sentence in Croatia, at least, which is bananas to think about. You, you jaywalk in America and you might <laughs> you might get a life sentence. You never know. Um, yeah, so I think that's crazy. So for them to be whipping out the death penalty, like that's actually 
pretty ballsy for a country. Like, that. you'll see later, this guy broke some records. And it's really interesting that, you know, it's... I guess I should have looked up, like, the crime rate in a country like Slovenia compared to other countries. Because I feel... You'll see. We'll get there. Sorry. I was about to go on a rant, but, like, let's save it. We'll save this rant for just a little bit longer. Um, so he was 32 years old, and he just gotten the death penalty, and he's, uh, pretty much indifferent to it. He didn't flinch when it was announced, it, um, which is funny because he flipped out the moment he was told he'd have to pay court charges. So we got, he didn't even flinch, didn't blink, didn't freak out at all for the death penalty, told he was going to have to pay for stuff, and just, like, went berserker, which is weird. But, I mean, whatever. Whatever gets you mad, I guess. Um, so, he said, he didn't say, um, he, he'll say stuff later, uh, but more people just described that he, he lacked empathy, he was disinterested, and he, the whole time for his court, he wasn't talking. Like, they'd ask him questions and he wouldn't answer them. He was like a glass wall. And... He, quote, seemed above life over what was happening around him and above the banality of every life and above the trial. So he, he was just not into it. He did not care. And it wasn't until they told him he had to pay. And it was like a lot of money. I mean, I don't know what the exchange is, but I mean, at the time, it was probably close to like 30,000 US dollars at the time that he'd have to pay for like court charges and like all the stuff he messed up. So could you imagine like you're in jail. How are you going to pay? Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was funny that he didn't, he didn't even flinch at the death penalty, but he's like, you guys can kill me, whatever, but dude, my money. Some people are like that. Um, the other thing was this, I just, they dig on him so much. It's funny. They say, quote, Trobek had no chance of becoming anything special so that he would become a somebody. So they're like, this dude's such a loser. And so from what I gathered from this whole thing is, um, he thought he was kind of a hot shot. Like, he liked the feeling and notoriety he was getting from, like, the crimes, and he thought he was so much better than these people and thought he was so much better than the trial. And then when he gets convicted and, like, stuff doesn't go his way, he, he looked like a fool. So actually, he tries to pull the sympathy card. So in the trial, he... Um, wrapped himself in silence, but then when the court tried to, like, illuminate his life and give the background, he got so mad, and he started yelling, for me in life, there was no sun shining, never, and, uh, no, he never had no chance in this, he was walking in the shadows, his own disadvantage, um, he said it's frustrating, it was very frustrating, it's not surprising, Oh, it's not surprising on the sixth day of the trial, um, so during the testimony of a man who told him he was a criminal, um, he said, how does a witness allow me to be accused of being a criminal? I don't know if I did that. I was a victim of electroshock, medical therapy, fighting and torture. I didn't just suffer. My mom also suffered. All of kin. They destroy me, me and my health. I'm incapable of working. I grew up in a fair... Oh, I grew up a fair and good man. My mother never taught me anything bad. Nobody asked what electroshock could do. I asked them as a child, and they didn't listen to me. I'm not letting you call me a criminal. I was, in a way, left behind when I was a kid. They were killing me. I had no one to trust. I was running abroad. When I got back, they put me in the hospital, and they destroyed me. So he he blames everything that went wrong in his life on that day he went to electro... Like, well, that time he went to electroshock therapy. I don't know if it was, like, a one day or, like, a multiple exposed type thing. Um, so he blames everything on that. Literally everything on that. 
but it, uh, this whole thing, it was like too little too late, and also you killed people, and you admitted to killing people, so you don't get to play, like, you were this hot shot up until you had to face the facts and, like, deal with your actions, and then you're like, oh, pity party, I just, wham, good for you, I guess, um, so he was a disappointment, you know, they thought they were gonna see this, like, terrifying monster, like, you know, they were expecting to see Metad Trobek, the monster of Gurenyavasi. Like, they were going to see this guy. And then he was just, like, wimpy little baby boy who was whining a whole bunch. You know, he wasn't... And then that was probably even more embarrassing for him because he was, like, this monster and marketed as this crazy, insane dude. And then he was just, like, this boring... Well, he wasn't boring. That's not the good word. But he, he was so human, you know? And if you've seen pictures of him, like, he's just your normal... Just a normal dude. He, you know, who just happened to throw people in his... Well, he didn't just happen to you know what I'm trying to say you're 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 getting there you're following I can feel it you're following um so he was a serial killer who was killing the people he thought didn't have a future so we've we've heard this song and dance before of serial killers preying on those that they especially women they see are weaker are doing something that um isn't society like accepted by society so we see that um you know, when serial killers kill sex workers or drug addicts, they see these people as easy to pick off. They're easy targets. They're, you know, they're trusting. They're looking for money, looking for drugs. And they they live that kind of risky lifestyle. And that puts them, at least in the 1970s and 80s, for absolute sure, put them in a higher risk. Because there are these buttholes like Metaz Robek who are out there just preying on these people. So, um... He took them from pubs and dances, and then took, he specifically took the ones that he thought there was a high probability that no one would come looking for them. And I mean, he was, I mean, not really right, because he didn't get, I mean, he got caught pretty quickly, um, but he was also living, like, a criminally risky lifestyle, like, stealing from people and beating up German tourists. You were gonna get caught eventually. Um, so, yes. Sorry, I was just trying to get to where I was at. So, another instance of why the um, insane defense did not work was that he had kept several, um, like, trophies from these women. And there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of um, Slovenian words in here that did not translate, so I'm just going to kind of skim through this long list of stuff they found. So he found robes, um, and he would put, oh, sorry, no, that's like, this Google Translate did me dirty, and I clearly didn't edit this as good as I thought I did. Um, so he'd put all of them, even their clothes, in the furnace, and so there was a box with ashes, um, septic tanks and buckets where the police found many objects of his victims. So they found a coat lined with fur, black boots, a red sweater, a blue ba- blouse, and um, a magnitude of unburnt objects and remnants in the, or human bone is what they're saying. Yeah. A blue sweater, white natty snakes, which I do not know what that means, a handbag, a wallet, brown pants, dark glasses, keys, a gold necklace with a heart-shaped pendant that was oddly not destroyed, and he kept a bunch of souvenirs. 
And this person, all it translated was, you shouldn't be so stupid, and of course, you shouldn't be so sentimental. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't kill people either, but, I mean, that's, that's why we're here. Um, so, he was originally sentenced to death, I told you that, November 25th, 1980, and then a year later, his sentence was commuted to 20 years in prison, which was the maximum prison sentence by the Slovene Penal Code, so you couldn't get more than that. So he was sentenced, and he went to Dobrimirni, um, which is a prison in Slovenia. It's Jesse Village. It's a prison in Slovenia. That's what I meant to say, if I didn't say that. In a village called Slovenska Vas, which literally means Slovene Village. Cool. And it's named for the Dob prison, which there used to be this really sweet looking, which I've seen drawings of it, but this really awesome cap- castle, which... Uh, in it was built in the 14th century. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. It's the biggest prison. It's the largest prison by number of prisoners in the country, and it's a male prison that has been in operation since 1963 and is intended for people who have committed the most severe criminal acts, which I certainly believe that murdering six women and burning them in your wood stove absolutely counts you as you should probably spend a really long time there. So, um... Oh, yeah, the castle. Hi, I have issues. So, um, there was a really cool castle where this... I totally went off on a weird tangent, and factual tangent, just to come back to my rabbit hole tangent. The castle was attacked by partisans in the 50s, and all the residents inside were killed. The castle was looted and then burned to the ground, and then... 1952 doesn't sound right. Well, there's your homework. Figure out figure out when the castle was burned down. But after the World War II ended, it was the prison was built exactly where that castle used to be. That was my fun fact that I got that I interrupted myself to tell you stuff. I interrupted myself to tell you other things. Like why? Why why am I like this? Oh, right. So, uh so he's only there for 20 years. 20 years in prison. Cool. So during his imprisonment, he attempted to murder a fellow inmate twice, two separate ones. Um, So he got 15 more years in prison to run consecutively with his 20-year prison sentence. So he was supposed to be released in 2014, but in 2006, he committed suicide by hanging himself, which that's that's when this article was written. So I didn't want to give it, didn't want to give it away. So um, he had prostate cancer and I think his mother had died his mom was dead and she was like the only person that left that was like rooting for him and he had prostate cancer so he tied a sheet around his neck stepped in a chair and hung himself so that sucks um but he had spent 27 years in prison which is a slovenian record for time spent in prison so in case you're curious Meta trobek has but was the long person in prison for like the longest amount of time and uh then he killed himself so, he is buried in an anonymous grave, and I can't say the city because I don't know how to pronounce it, so you can look that up. Um, he, so, but that city in 2017 had a population of 310, so these people probably don't even know he's buried there, or they might. Um, last thought, though, um, much like they always do, now I have the hiccups, but most like they do in um, America, which there are two houses in Cleveland they have ripped to the ground because of what happened in there. Um, they tore the house down after he was caught 
and the only thing that was left was like some part of a residual wall so people were like trying to see if they could like find artifacts of uh his crimes there but i'm assuming they didn't because i'm pretty sure the police were probably very thorough so yeah um that is meta throwback sorry that i interrupted myself and also can't pronounce a lot of things and uh thanks to mia again for like being one of the coolest people i've ever met i appreciate you and everything you do um and that's that's all i have (laughs) for this true crime tuesday uh hope you enjoyed it and i'll catch you on the flip side